Hey everyone, this is Victor from Cyborg for Life, and today I'm joined by Dr. Dror Paley of the Paley Orthopedic and Spine Institute in West Palm Beach, Florida. Now in his last interview, Dr. Paley spoke about the reasons of the recall of the precise stride internal lengthening nail by Nuvasive. And today, the king is back to give his prediction on when he thinks the stride nail might come back to the market. So without further ado, please enjoy the interview with Dr. Paley. Hey everyone, this is Victor from Cyborg for Life, and today I'm joined by the king of limb thinning, Dr. Dror Paley of the Paley Orthopedic and Spine Institute at St. Mary's Medical Center in West Palm Beach, Florida. Hey, Dr. Paley, how are you doing today? Hey, Victor. Great to be back with you. I'm out on vacation, so I'm a little bit informal here, but I hope, uh, <laughs> <laughs> hope you're having a good summer. Absolutely. This, this channel is informal, so you can say anything you, anything you want to say, it goes. So. Um, now, Dr. Paley, in your last interview, you gave a great presentation on the reason why the stride nail was recalled by Nuvasive, helping to clarify what was going on so it can help ease patients' minds. But today I wanna to get your take on when the stride nail will make its return to the market so that you know patients who wanna get surgery done with a fully weight-bearing nail, they can kind of consider that. Sure. Well, let's just, you know, let's just take a step back to remind ourselves what the issue is. So what was discovered is that, well, stride nail is a stainless steel product mm -hmm. and uh, stainless steel on stainless steel. In other words, two stainless steel um, objects rubbing one against the other can lead to some breakdown and ultimately some corrosion. Okay. And um, that's actually not a new thing. I mean, there have been um, stainless steel products, you know, for example, most common <clears throat> uh, until recently, most plates and screws for fixing broken bones were made of stainless steel. So the screw is stainless steel and the plate is stainless steel. And then when you, when you screw it in, you know, the screw goes through a hole in the plate and then attaches the plate. Well, anytime you have two objects, there's a little stress. You always have a little bit of rubbing of one metal on the other. Mm -hmm. Eventually that leads to a little breakdown, some corrosion. Mm -hmm. This has been around since I was a resident, okay? And that's a long time ago. Um, so <laughs> it's been around before I was a resident too. Um, so turns out that stainless steel corrosion, you know, to our knowledge to date, other than creating a little bit of, you know, you can see it when you take it out, you see, you know, corrosion from any iron product is red. So you okay. see a little bit of, you know, rust. Um, doesn't seem to cause any any other serious long-term problem that we know of. Uh, I'll say that, you know, with a grain of salt, but there's been no proof, for example, everybody's freaking out. Are they going to get cancer? Are they going to get some kind of tumor? <laughs> and the answer is, there is no proof for that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've got patients panic saying, get this out of me before I get cancer. Uh, seriously, I mean, come on, there's, there's no evidence that that happens. It's never happened with uh, stainless steel to my knowledge. The, there have been, so there's been other wear products. Um, the most famous was, uh, in a, it's, it's in a type of hip replacement called metal on metal. And in a metal on metal hip replacement, you have um, a different type of metal, much harder called cobalt chrome. And cobalt chrome rubbing on cobalt chrome uh, releases certain ions um, 
And uh, I think it's the chromium ions that may be uh, harmful and can lead to uh, potential oncogenesis, which means tumor formation. And um, by the way, there are still <clears throat> metal on metal prostheses out there. The Birmingham hip, uh, you know, by Smith and Effie, a very successful product is metal on metal. And, and we do know that these metal ions exist. And that's the concern is that you might get some of these metal ions into your bloodstream and um, that these can lead to oncogenesis. Oncogenesis means tumor formation, cancer formation. Okay. There's no proof of that with stainless steel. So everyone relax in terms of really something. No, no, it's, you have to, I think it's a really good concern, right. but I just want to allay that fear. There's no evidence that stainless steel and stainless steel leads to oncogenesis, none, okay? Now, is it possible someone will demonstrate that someday in the future? It's possible, but there's, there's really been a long history of stainless steel corrosion, okay? And there's been previous articles published on it, and it is a concern. Now, what's interesting in this um, scenario is that in, in the past, a lot of it has been outside the bone. Okay. Metal plates are on the outside. Here, it's on the inside of the bone. And there seems to be some kind of reaction of the bone in some cases, not all cases, to this. Um, and it seems to be related to weight bearing. Uh, I just took out a stride nail in a humerus, so an arm. Okay. Now, you don't weight bear much on your arms, right? It was pristine. It'd been in there more than a year. There was no evidence. Of, it would look shiny as can be. There was no evidence of any of this corrosion. Now, and it, it goes along with what we said, which I, I talked about in the last episode, that you need loading, weight-bearing loading, okay? So it's not just having a telescopic nail, but you need a lot of weight-bearing loading to cause this kind of bending and, and a little bit of uh, breakdown. And that didn't occur in the arm, okay? So um, also we're not seeing it very much in the unilaterals, one side strides. Why again? Because they're not weight bearing as much. They got the other leg to take a lot of the load and they're protecting it. We're seeing it mostly in the bilaterals Okay, although we have seen some unilaterals, but mostly in the bilaterals, lower limb, okay? And, and yeah, listen, every one of these that we're taking out, uh, notwithstanding how much reaction there is in the bone, we're seeing a little bit of this kind of corrosion or rust build up there. And you take it out and there's no more issue. Over 95% of my patients are completely asymptomatic. Me, symptomatic means that they don't have pain, they don't have inflammation, they don't have, other than if you, they didn't look at their x-ray, they wouldn't know that there's an issue, okay? <laughs> Which is no different than, let's say, with the precise, you know? We're taking them out, the patients, the year later, they're ready to have it out. Right. There is a small cohort of patients who have some, uh, kind of nondescript pain in the area and which we attribute to this. So I'm not sure what makes the difference between 
the ones who do get uh, um, symptoms, the ones who don't. Um, sometimes, so we see two reactions, as I mentioned before, yeah. increased bone formation and a hole in the bone. Right, lysis. Yeah. Lysis. Yeah. I think the ones who get a combination, um, some of this leaks out and they get inflammation of the surrounding soft tissues because I have seen that. So maybe that's the ones that that 5% who get symptomatic. Mm -hmm. So first of all, I, I do wanna reassure, I know there's a lot of people very nervous about this and um, I can tell you, I'm not nervous about it. And, and I'll, I'll tell you to what extent. I have patients who have stride nails in that intentionally we only went a certain distance because the soft tissue could only tolerate that much and the stride nail is in and they have the choice of replacing that nail and re-breaking the bone to, to finish the rest of the lengthening versus um, breaking the bone with the existing nail. They chose to do that with the existing nail because they're asymptomatic. So, so that's leaving the stride in longer. Uh, clearly I'm not very concerned about it and they're not. So I respect each, if a patient doesn't want to do that, I'll replace it with a precise nail and so on. But it, it goes to show you that, um, uh, we've even rewound the nail in a couple of cases where they wanted to use a stride and they did not want to go to a, a precise Wow! because they wanted the full weight bearing. Nice. So because they've already got the nail in, there's no violation of FDA and so on in, in doing something like that. So to me, this is, it is a problem. It is a problem needs to be solved, but it's not a freak out problem. It's not like a panic problem. We don't have to get overly, you know, you want your nails out. Once the bone's sufficiently healed, we'll take them out. That's appropriate. Okay. Now, um, of course, we all love the fact that the stride allows full weight bearing. Our weight bearing is tolerated, we call it. And, um, you know, and the precise does not. It's a titanium, more flexible object. Recall that the mechanism is the same between the two products. The technique of lengthening, the technique of surgery is identical. The difference is the freedom of weight bearing versus having to use a walker or crutches. Okay. Now, so we'd all like to see the stride back for that reason. Unfortunately, uh, I don't have good news on that front yet. We will at some point. I'll, I'll be back on this show, I promise. All right. Um, with once we're getting close. Okay. But we're not close. All right. At this time, okay, at this time, um, the company has made it clear that um, uh, it's not coming back in 2021. Okay. Yeah. At all. All right. Okay. Um, and the company is working still on testing and remediation of the cause, mm -hmm. but it's going to require a design change. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and that's actually what I want to ask you. What, what needs to happen? What do the engineers need to do to make this change? What do you think? So um, listen, a lot of people working on it. I even have a lab working on it. I have yeah. my own lab and, okay. and when we're working on it and there's, there's different ways to solve the problem. Fundamentally, I mean, the, okay, 
the nail itself is sound. Yeah. It is strong. Mm -hmm. It lengthened beautifully. It had very few failures of mechanism. I mean, the lowest of any implant that ever went out there, you know, it really performed beautifully. Okay. Um, and, you know, the one flaw is that this it was unanticipated was this metal on metal corrosion. So you have two ways to deal with it. One, you could contain... You, you could accept the fact that wear particles are going to form and you could contain them with a hood. Okay. That would be a way. And you could have a thin, you know, material hood that has the nail length and it, it, these wear particles, which take up very little space, would just stay inside and never be in contact with the body. Kind of like the hermetic seal you spoke about, kind of like that. Uh, yeah, it, it would create a hermetic seal around the junction. Okay, gotcha. And it would have to expand with the length of the nail. I see. That's, that's one solution. Okay. Another solution would be to separate. You know, you've got the, you've got the outer diameter tube and the inner diameter tube, and then and there's a little gasket um, uh, between them. Mm -hmm. which is, controls rotation. So there's so the nail cannot rotate. Um, it's called the crown. And they're all made of stainless steel. You could create a coating like a ceramic coating. Ceramics are very hard. You can create a ceramic coating around those so that, again, you wouldn't get wear. Again, th that's an option. And, you know, you could, you could um, do a material change. You could, so there's many things that can be done and we're looking at all of them and, and uh, invasive companies being not just responsible. I, I would say, remember that everybody thinks the FDA told them to remove it from the market. This was a voluntary removal. They were never told by the FDA. They voluntarily disclosed this to the FDA and said, hey, <clears throat> we're seeing this problem and we're removing this off the market, much to the chagrin of surgeons like me yeah. and of course of patients, um, in order to be on the exceptional safe side. I gotcha. Uh, it, and I'll tell you something, I, tell you, I recommended, so to me, you know, this corrosion, we're not seeing any of it, any evidence of this reaction or anything else, um, at the end of lengthening. So you do your 12 weeks of lengthening, 16 weeks of lengthening, whatever. We're not seeing anything. We're really not seeing anything till about after six months from surgery. <coughs> the nail's coming out six months later. It's a very self-limited problem. So it'd be different if it was a hip replacement or a knee replacement, which is staying in there, hopefully for 20 years or life. Here, we are doing a product that from day one, you're being told this device needs to come out. Ironically, earlier, because the, the nail was so inert, there was no reason you absolutely had to come out. And some people show up five years later to get their rod out. And, and as I mentioned before, it's actually technically harder because bone overgrows the screws. Um, so now everybody, oh yeah, I want it out. Okay. Which is great. 
that, that I don't have to convince a patient to get it out. But it also emphasizes that whatever this is, I mean, I, I would have liked to see it stay on the market till they, till they come up with something better with a disclaimer for everyone, hey, this happens, but we encourage the nail to be removed as early as possible, you know, and, and so on. Because it really is a, a great product with one flaw. And um, anyway, uh, look, the company has chosen to take the safest pathway uh, at the loss of, I'm sure, huge amount of revenue at the loss of tremendous number of sales, at the disappointment of countless patients and surgeons. You know, and despite, you know, my disappointment of not having this available, I have to, and I'm, I'm a consultant for Nuvasive, I have to applaud their approach. Okay, I think, I think that that was probably the safest right you know, best approach as a surgeon, I wish, like I said, I had it, I, I could live with it, but as, as a, you know, I can understand the approach. Okay. So what, so what comes now? So first of all, I want to remind everybody that the precise nail has been around. I implanted the first precise nail in North America, December 1st, 2011. So we've had this device around for a long time. I also implanted the first stride nail uh, in May 2018. Okay, and you know I was the I was the principal surgeon designer of the stride and the principal surgeon designer of the precise two 2.1 2.2, um, and so I've been very involved with these products from their inception. The precise nail is a great product. Okay, and the stride only offers one improvement over the precise, which we talked about, which is the weight bearing. Notwithstanding that, you gotta realize that the precise achieves the goal of treatment equally as well as the stride, meaning achieve the length safely. Same mechanism, same ERC device, same rate of lengthening, same procedure, same risks, um, you know, same complications, everything with the exception of the stainless steel issue. So there's no reason for anyone to say, oh, I'm not doing this until I can get the stride back. Yeah, yeah I mean, you can take that outlook and I understand it because <clears throat> it's less disruptive to your life. But in the end, especially if you, length, if you do stature lengthening the way we do, where you have to stay at our center for three months, that, that doesn't change stride or precise the same. You have to stay there to, till you complete the lengthening. And then beyond that, you're looking at the difference being about two more months on crutches or a walker with the precise that you wouldn't have needed with the stride. Okay. Now, since uh, the recall, um, we have continued uh, uh, doing stature lengthening with the precise. Okay. Some people have chosen not to. Personally, like I said, I, I was doing precise lengthening all the way up to May 2018. Wow. 
from 2011 to 2018. Okay, so we've done hundreds of precise implantation. In fact, I think up to May 2018, the precise, no pun intended number, was around 1,500. Uh, for, for both unilateral, bilateral. And we've continued using precise uh, for many, many situations, especially cases where the stride wouldn't fit since then. And since the end of uh, last year when, when the recall occurred, we have implanted hundreds, hundreds, and maybe into thousands plus number of precise nails. Okay. So it's working very well. We've not had any breakages of the nail. Okay. We've not had any failures of mechanism. Uh, it's the same mechanism. So it does, it's, it's just as reliable for both. Yeah. <clears throat> and we've had the same results, final results as we had with stride. Yeah. Dr. Paley, um, I've heard some surgeons say that the precise nail actually, you know, bone regenerate actually forms a little bit better than the stride nail, or is it about the same? Or what do you, what do you say to that? Is it relatively the same? Um, I think it's relatively the same. Okay. I mean, the <clears throat> thought is that the stride is super stiff and therefore the bone doesn't form as fast in the okay. femur. Certainly we're not seeing that there's a question of that in the tibia. Okay. It's possible, gotcha. the tibia. but either way, bone formed in all of them. We haven't had to, we haven't had non-unions where the bone doesn't unite and, and uh, we haven't had to bone graft, you know, uh, uh, more with one versus the other and almost, almost none were bone grafted. Uh, so it, it really, um, results are, you, you can look at our published paper on, on stride you can look at our published paper on precise yeah, and risks and complications and results are identical wow so other than a little inconvenience yeah it's the same thing. now right so there are people who are sitting and waiting i'm waiting till the stride comes out um i which is fine i respect that and as soon as it's out we'll let you know uh in fact i'll make sure you're one of the first to know um and we'll but keep in mind that if you really want to do this, you may be waiting for all of 2022 as well. Wow. Okay. Because the process is <clears throat> the moment there's a design change, it's a, it's a uh, new FDA submission and FDA submissions take time. And you're, and so first of all, the design change hasn't even occurred. So if it was done and we're starting to submit to the FDA today, yeah, it's probably going to be maybe the beginning of the year. If the design change is not completed, tested, so on, till the beginning of next year, it's not going to be till the end. So 2023, if you're, if you're holding off, my best guess, it's purely a guess, is, is that 2023. Wow. Okay. Okay. And, um, you know, uh, uh, other people have asked me, what about alternative systems that are out there? Yeah. Like external uh, fixators. I mean, I hear a lot of people doing the, um, lengthening over the, over nail method, um, which you're familiar with for uh, deformities and stuff, but what about that for cosmetic lengthening, stature lengthening? 
So if you look, I actually, in 1990, I performed the, performed the first LON. I'm actually the one who created the LON system, published it in 1997. Um, we did lots of stature lengthening in it with LON. <clears throat> so uh, you're really no better off uh, and you're worse off. In other words, why wouldn't you do the precise nail rather than still put up with the X-fix? X-fix leaves you these deep pockmarked scars, uh, which you'll then need a plastic surgeon to, to fix. Uh, and you're really not that much better off because you end up, you know, you end up with, um, yeah, you're probably weight bearing a little more, but not much more. You have, to have two, you have to have two surgeries. You have to have the lengthening over the nail, and then you have to have screws inserted. So it's a second surgery, more cost, and then, and then have the fixator removed. There's a risk of infection uh, from that process. Uh, in our first paper, there was a 4% incidence of infection. We have no infections with the, uh, with the precise or the stride nail. So my answer to people are resorting to that is then just use the precise. I, I don't I don't understand. Before 2018, everyone was happy with the precise nail. You now bring out a full weight bearing nail, and now nobody wants to go back to the precise. So I can tell you my patients do. So we're our our schedule is pretty full with stature lengthening with people who want to do the precise nail. And anybody out there who wants to do that, we're open uh for doing that and we're doing that all the time and happy to talk to patients uh prospective patients either uh online by zoom or uh in person uh but it's just as effective a treatment very successful treatment and uh that's my current recommendation in you know the beginning of july tomorrow 2021 yeah awesome We've heard it there first from the king of loaming thinning, Dr. George Paley. He has said that stride nail is going to be on a little hiatus, but they are still doing the precise two nail lengthenings at their center. Uh, I'll be sure to post all of your contact information in the show notes. And Dr. Paley said it right there on the interview. He said he'll be back to bring us good news, hopefully, when the stride nail um, is about to return. So, uh, Dr. Paley, what else is going on at your center there uh, at the Paley Institute? Anything new and fun? Um, you know, they, the, um, there's a lot of, you know, we're busy, uh, you know, we've, we've, uh, I'm sure all of us have weathered a very challenging year with COVID-19, um, as we have, um, being in Florida, uh, we have never really stopped, uh, okay. doing surgery. Um, and, uh, so we have been active in, all aspects of limb lengthening, deformity correction. Um, you know, we have 13 surgeons. We're actually recruiting our 14th. Wow. <laughs> it's a, it's a busy place. Yeah. Uh, there's, you know, it's, it, we do more limb lengthening and deformity correction than any place on earth. Uh, <laughs> and we have certainly, you know, uh, some of the most skilled uh, and experienced surgeons uh, practicing limb lengthening, deformity correction at our center. And, 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 you know, the, uh, our infrastructure to support it, in fact, we're about to move, our physical therapy has grown so large, we're, we have more than 30 therapists full time. And uh, so we are actually having to expand to a new building just for really? therapy. 
Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. So um, you guys, yeah, you're really moving fast. That's awesome. You're growing really well. Um, now for patients who are obviously, let's say they got stride nail done at a different center, but they live in the United States and you know, they don't want to go back overseas. Can they come to your center and get it removed there? Yes. Like, and absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, the other thing, I, maybe I never spoke about this So, yeah. So I, also, we also have a thing called Paleo European Institute. Oh yes, and, uh, I heard of it. So in Warsaw, Poland, and speak about uh, it. Yeah, yeah. So we <clears throat> um, we formed this several years ago uh, because not all patients uh, can come here or afford the cost of surgery in the U.S. Right. Um, not just for stature, for for many things, but although we do stature link thing there, um, and some patients can't get visas uh, to the United States from certain countries, so. In Poland, um, we've had less issues with getting patients visas from certain countries that, that may be uh, impossible to get visas to come to the US. Um, other patients find it easier to travel there. And uh, I go there about six times a year to do surgery. And uh, one of my partners, Dr. Feldman, goes there the other six months. <clears throat> so we offer a similar array of, you know, um, surgery there like we do here and and we have the physical therapy rehab center that we've created there to support it and so the paleo european institute is uh you know offering very unique uh surgical treatments both in the u.s and now abroad okay i'll be sure to post that link as well for people who are international and want you know options over there morning alone i did a uh, a zoom consultation mm -hmm. on a gentleman out of dubai who's going oh, wow. to fly to paleo European Institute to, to get that treatment performed. Wow. So, um, you know, so it is, uh, it is something that's actively happening on a daily basis. Right. It's a great resource. Yeah. Cause I know a lot of international patients like, Oh, I got to come to the U S get a visa and all that, but that solves that problem big time. Very cool. Well, we will have him back on the show in the future. Uh, well, Dr. Paley, thank you so much for your time. Hey, great seeing you, Victor. Take care. Awesome. You too. So Dr. Paley said that the stride nail might not come back out to the market until late 2022, possibly even 2023. Mentioning that those patients who want to get lengthening done in the meanwhile can get it done with the precise two nail as another option. It has great success and can achieve the same end result. If you're interested in reaching out to Dr. Paley and his team for a consultation, you can find all of his contact information in the show notes. Until next time, this is Victor from Cyborg for Life, signing out.